Welcome to Down House uh, in the green regions of, or particularly green regions of Bromley, uh, the former home of Charles Darwin, a rather famous person indeed. And we are with, uh, well, uh, Darren Wheel speaking. Sarah Marsh Collings. Of the Bromley Buzz. Of the Bromley Buzz. And uh, Tessa Kilgariff, Collections Curator for South London for English Heritage. And, and Anthony O'Rourke, the head gardener at Down House. We're actually rather excited to meet you, it has to be said. I mean, this is massive history. Yes, it is indeed. It's a, uh, a um, birthplace of lots of some of the most important scientific discoveries of the past 300 years. Absolutely. So why don't you introduce yourselves a little bit about, you know, how did you come to work here? And uh, then tell us a bit about who this Charles Darwin chap is and uh, what Downhouse was to him. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm an art historian by training, but with English heritage, um, I work across all sorts of different types of collections. So I'm responsible for natural history collections, um, particularly at Downhouse. Um, and I'll, uh, I'll let, uh, let you say a bit about where we are and how we came to be here. So we're currently on the front lawn at Down House and um, we can see the property in front of us. And hear the cars behind us a little bit. So it's very accessible <coughs> by road if you want to come and visit. So I'm not editing that out. No, it is. Um, the, uh, the 146 bus from Bromley or the R8 from Orpington. So oh, yeah, it's very handy. <laughs> and if you get the R8, you can actually just get, get off outside the house itself and no walk from the village. So it's very convenient. Mm. We're literally standing on your work. A very you nice lawn. <laughs> you are. Um, the garden uh, comprises in total about 35 acres. Um, of that, uh, we have five acres of main ornamental garden, but then we have about 30 acres of managed wildflower habitat and woodland as well. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So, Charles Darwin, who is this chap? <laughs> we know Charles Darwin as the most famous uh, scientist Britain has possibly ever produced. But when he came to Down, he was a, uh, a fledgling naturalist, I think it's fair to say, um, who had kind of yet to prove himself in scientific circles. And he came here to escape the big smoke of London, where he'd been living on Upper Gower Street. And really, he and his wife Emma came here because they needed more space for their growing family. She was then pregnant with number three. How productive! <laughs> well, they had ten children wow. altogether, seven of whom survived into adulthood. So it was a big, big family, and that required a big house. Did it actually get bigger while he was here? Absolutely. Uh. There were several uh, rounds of extensions. Um, so the house that Darwin bought was a fairly plain rectangular early 18th century block and over the 40 years that he lived here and Emma and the children a bit longer um, he there were about four different extensions that were completed um, including an extension to the west an extension uh, to the north um, a service wing was added for um, these servants who worked for the Darwin family and there were also numerous uh, expansions to the garden too. Yeah they weren't impressed with the house at all when they first came here uh, not to uh, not least of which the uh, proximity to the road mm. which was also a negative but really what spoke to them was the landscape because Darwin was able to recognize it was where the London clay met the chalk of the North Kent Downs and that meant that he could establish a viable production garden to feed his family 
but it was also really important because he could get out onto the chalk landscape and do his all too important uh, botanical work. Mm. Okay, so he actually picked it for scientific reasons as much as anything yeah. else. And talking of scientific reasons, the book you have in the bookshop <laughs> is The Origin of Species uh, and uh, The Voyages of the Beagle mm. as well, combined as a title. The Beagle being his ship. Yes. What a great name. Yes, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> being so, a dog person. <laughs> yeah. So what was the science actually that he, the word invented would be uh, possibly incorrect, but what was he known for? Charles Darwin was the person that gave evolution a reason for happening. Evolution wasn't a new uh, concept at the time. Uh, in fact, it wasn't even called evolution. It was known as transmutation. And this is the gradual process by which uh, species change over time. Um, and it had been known that species change over time in educated circles for a long time. But obviously, during the uh, 19th century, uh, it was a much more... Uh, shall we say, um, uh, religious uh, country and religious belief dictated uh, what the masses were thinking. What Charles Darwin did was give uh, a reason for evolution happening and that process he called natural selection. He was basically arguing that if, if humans could artificially select animals and plants over a relatively small period of time, then why couldn't nature do it over a much longer period of time? Okay, and that was the novel concept of, of the time. Yes. So this would have blown apart Victorian society. And in fact, he was so fearful of what might happen that he delayed um, publication for a couple of decades. And it wasn't until he got a letter from a fellow scientist in the Malay archipelago, a certain Alfred Russell Wallace, writing to Darwin with this new idea that he'd come up with, and Darwin's blood just ran cold because he'd come up with the identical theory. Mm. And so what Darwin did was write to his friends Joseph Hooker and um, the Victorian uh, geologist uh, Lyle. He told them what had happened and they said to him, you can't procrastinate with your idea anymore. You must rush to publish. Mm. And so that's how On the Origin of Species, mm -hmm. by means of natural selection, came to be published in 1859. Wow. Well, you can imagine the fear. I mean, these days, it's uh, you come up with something and you just go viral. Yeah, anyway. well, just don't put it on Facebook because you'll just end up with all the keyboard warriors coming after you. But effectively, that was the same sort of thing that he was concerned about, with just perhaps slightly less exposure yes, initially being, anyway. Yeah. Being defrocked by the Royal Society <laughs> or whatever it would be, yeah. So how did you come to work here? What made you... Did you pick Downhouse or...? Um, so... <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> traditional Victorian aircraft. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did not pick Downhouse, but I was very lucky that Downhouse is part of the portfolio that I look after in South London. Um, so I came to work here um, after studying 19th century art and 19th century decorative arts, because in addition to this being a home of scientific learning, um, this was also Darwin's family home, and it is full of his own um, portraits of his family, um, various decorative arts. Um, we have already mentioned very briefly Emma Darwin, his wife. Um, Emma was a Wedgwood, so in addition to being Charles Darwin's first cousin, she uh, was a Wedgwood of the um, Wedgwood um, pottery. pottery. So. Yeah. 
Um, in that respect, you have uh, a family here which is not only famous in, uh, in the world of science, but also in the world of arts. Um, and inside, for instance, in the dining room, uh, there is a family Wedgwood service very beautiful intricate um, pattern on it um, and it's those types of objects that I came here to look after. Ah, okay and Anthony tell us a bit about how you ended up uh, uh, in deepest darkest Bromley. <laughs> well um, I'm, an, uh, I'm a horticulturist uh, by profession um, I was trained at the Royal Botanic Gardens Kew and I'd uh, been a fan of uh, Down House and the gardens in particular for a long time. Um, I can't say that I was a massive Darwinophile. I know that's going to shock some people. Um, but what I will say is that I was passionate about all of the plants that Darwin was interested in. Um, namely orchids, carnivorous plants and climbing plants. Um, but also um, the, the conservation element of the site, sort of the wild areas, which really spoke to me. And, and that was the big draw. Uh, once here, uh, my Darwin education began. I was just going to say, so presumably you have orchids and uh, carnivorous plants uh, here. That's correct, yes. So we still have the um, restored glass house, uh, which was restored by English Heritage when they took over in the mid-90s. That's in the walled garden, and that is divided into three sections, which we'll see when we go down there. Mm -hmm. um, and this is namely to study insectivorous plants, or carnivorous plants mm -hmm. as we call them now, mm -hmm. um, tropical and temperate orchids but also climbing adaptations and the reason he was studying all these because he was looking at their adaptations which gave them a competitive advantage um, for natural selection to occur. Of course yes that makes perfect sense I do love an orchid though so looking forward to seeing those and, and, and the idea of you know carnivorous plants I'm just thinking about Audrey and the Little Shop of Horrors frankly. Well this, this is the thing um, I, it doesn't matter how um, old I get as soon as I walk into that glass house and I see a Venus flytrap or a pitcher plant, I'm 11 years old again. And um, it was really carnivorous plants that really got me into gardening in the first place. I used to, you know, badger my dad all the time to sort of go take me to the Birmingham Botanical Gardens specifically to see the carnivorous plants. And so, um, if we can have that effect with children coming to visit here, I mean, uh, in my book, that's a win. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Sorry, Dazzle. Do you have, or could you obtain? Uh, one of my favourite all-time plants, uh, the sensitive plant. We do have the have sensitive, sensitive plant, plant, yes. Have you ever met a sensitive plant, Sarah? <laughs> this is, let's not go there. No, no. You, <laughs> <laughs> you've got to meet a sensitive plant. We'll do that later. Uh, and we know that Darwin grew it because of the, the various um, bits of uh, um, the archive material that we, we resource and delve into. Um, and he was looking at it uh, specifically for what advantage it, it, it gave it. You touch it and it disappears. Mm. Oh, one of those? Yes. Oh. Uh, no, they're fantastic. Mm. Like perfect dis uh, perfect um, disguise from predation, mm. from, from herbivores. Wonderful. Right, shall we take a look at the house? I think we should. Mm. Yeah. Also, it might rain. <laughs> no, it's not going to rain. Or worse still, the sun comes out. I've had a word, it's not going to rain. Oh, okay. Anthony, no. You've got it under control yeah. then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 